Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Holy cow, we haven't done a COVID one in a while. So, so we're back doing Thanks COVID. Thanks for ones. reminding me. Yeah, it's like it's probably we we're gonna start up again because we have well, Doctor Mike Osterholm on Tuesday, and we had Doctor Hick and Doctor Shacker from the University of Minnesota on, and Doctor Hick from Hennepin. Yeah, that's where we're restarting COVID echoes or <laughs> COVID podcast. But anyway, so we're gonna go back. Um, to talk about this huge topic that was actually talked about a couple of weeks ago. We're going to podcast this because it is hugely out there right now. As well, and it's a bit confusing. It's super confusing, but having kids, although mine are not this old yet, but... Well, they're pretty old. <laughs> my oldest is 10. Um, you know, what do you do with these kids that had COVID or, you know, had symptoms from COVID or maybe didn't have any symptoms but were positive? And sports, because well, the, that is the big deal. Yeah, can you send of, them back to sports? Can you? Well, or may you? You can. Is Should it, you? May you? Um, part of the thing is the ones that always hit the, uh, you know, that really hit the news are when you have a cardiac death on a, on a young athlete and they had COVID a couple of weeks ago. And so now they're looking at guidelines. It's like, when do you need to do this cardiac workup or what patients are going to need more aggressive checking? So let's start with that basically a letter. It was actually a research letter. So this was kind of the first um, introduction to this advancing topic that we got was this study that came from the Ohio State. It was published in September of 2020, of course, and kind of what you should do and this whole cardiovascular magnetic resonance finding. So cardiac MRI in athletes recovering from COVID. And, you know, trying to, do we just go based on risk, whether how severe their COVID was? Should we recommend this for all people? Um, is EKG and echo enough or should you get the MRI? And this is, this study, I don't know, I found it really cool, even though it was really short. Maybe that's why I liked it kind of, but. Well, it's only a letter. It, no, but it was a research study. A very small one. Because it was, anyway. But it was in, so, <laughs> it was in JAMA Cardiology. JAMA. I know I like JAMA. I don't. Like pajama. Anyway, so they did CMR, cardiac MRI, basically in 26 competitive college athletes. So they were looking at college students, average age 19 and a half, 15 were male, so 57, 58% were male. And they looked at pretty intense sports. Again, college athletes, football, soccer, lacrosse, basketball, track. Well, track would be the most aggressive. Anyway. The, the thing to note is not none of these athletes needed to be hospitalized, and none of them received any type of COVID antiviral therapy. So, and not all of them even had symptoms, only 12 of them. So 27%. Well, had, yeah, 12 had mild symptoms. Mild symptoms. The rest were asymptomatic. So what did they do? They, they took all these people and they did EKGs. They, they were did, all normal. Yeah, they were all normal. They did ventricular volumes and functions. On echoes, all normal. All transthoracic, all normal. They all had normal troponin levels. Yeah. So what did they find? Four of the athletes, all male, had MRI, cardiac MRI findings consistent with myocarditis. So 
two of these four didn't, never had symptoms. Two of them had symptoms. So they actually had evidence of myocardial edema based on this elevated T2 signal, as well as myocardial injury by the pres- presence of non-ischemic late gadolinium enhancement. So this is big, based on the Lake Louise criteria. Yeah, so this started a big fire. It's like, well, should we be screening everyone? And that's what people were asking. The thing I found also interesting, though, is 12 of the athletes, so almost half, still had this late gadolinium enhancement, did not have that T2 elevation. So it showed that they had recent myocardial inflammation. Yeah. So it's, even though they don't have active right now, but they had recent. So that's half of these, in this small study of 26, had heart findings. Yeah. So what are we going to do with that, Dr. Bell? Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a recent expert consensus article right that recommended so, two weeks of convalescence following followed by no diagnostic cardiac testing of asymptomatic so they're saying that the asymptomatic people in that particular study shouldn't even be looked at shouldn't even be looked at and if they had any symptoms even mild ekg echo and then can return so this letter study thing out of the ohio state you know, kind of recommends and questions this recommendation. Yeah, should we um, be more aggressive is basically what they're saying. Because of this, obviously, this is a big deal. You know, myocardial death and dysfunction and, yeah, mm. it's a big deal. So um, kind of looking at that, obviously, more studies to come, but this one was kind of a, we should probably be a little bit more aggressive, but didn't give any specific, you know, algorithms, which leads us to the slightly more newer article in the same one, JAMA. JAMA. Cardiology. Um, the JAMA Cardiology. And this was actually in October, almost October. November. Yeah, mm-hmm. end of, so this is a little over six or eight weeks old. And it was basically a, a little thing about coronavirus disease in 2019 and the athletic heart emerging perspectives on pathology, risks, and return to play. Not uh, coronavirus disease in 2019. That's COVID-19. Yeah. yeah. And, re- kind of and return to play. Return RTP. to play. This one differed because they looked more at the high school sports rather than these college athletes like this last letter. So we're going to kind of run through this algorithm, although you can't see it. So we're going to kind of make it easier to understand, although it's pretty clear as mud at this point exactly what you should do um, as a primary care provider, pediatrician, whatever, who sees these kiddos back after an illness. I think if I was 15, I wouldn't want you to call me a kiddo. But anyway, so if you're <laughs> if you're a positive, let's say you're a COVID-19 positive and you're under 15 years of age, and these patients come back and they want to go back to their sports. Right, because they're all going to need letters to go back. So it's basically based on how bad were their symptoms, right? Correct. So if they didn't have any symptoms, they have to rest and no exercise for 10 days, which <laughs> that's... That's kind of hard when you're a high school athlete. Like, you can't do anything except maybe some yoga for 10 days. Um, and really, you don't need to have any kind of testing. But And then just slow resumption of activity. Um, and it's the same if you have mild symptoms. Same thing. Same thing. 10 days. But slow return. And obviously, if you have any symptoms, chest pains, heart racing, dizziness, any, any kind of weird symptoms, then we kind of turn course. But what about moderate or severe symptoms, Kurt? That's a little bit different. Um, because, you know, obviously those are the patients, especially if they're severe and they, and they get hospitalized and, uh, they have significant symptoms or they feel short of breath or a lot of fatigue, obviously they're going to need follow-up and they're suggesting follow-up 10 to 14 days 
uh, after they're out after they're symptomatic. Well, and follow up would look like um, EKG, um, some cardiac enzymes, including troponin, and an echo. And if all that's normal, then they kind of join the same like slow graded resumption of activity. Yeah, I don't think that we've seen much of that, but it's interesting. But when we get over the age of fifteen, that's when things change. Correct. So. We're going to switch back. Um, one thing, though, with the over the age 15, and you really need to, yes, you're getting the EKG gecko and stuff, um, but if they were, if they had MISC, um, then it, it kind of changes things. Then they jump right to doing that cardiovascular MRI. They'd, so, be, they'd be considered severe. Correct. You're automatically severe. They, they need to have the MRI. They might need some stress testing, um, advanced, like Holter monitors, ZO testing, um, way before going back to play. Yeah. So now, basically, when they're fifteen, and if older. they did, if older than fifteen, if they if they did not have MISC, they're treated like an adult. Right. So positive tests again. If it's asymptomatic, it's the same thing. You know, rest for ten days, gradually return. No big deal. If you get symptoms, then you know EKG, echo consider though if they're over 15 you don't just get the labs the ekg and the echo you still should consider an mri at that point so mm. there you go so the the moderate's a little different in this group because really they're looking at over eight over 10 days of uh, from symptom onset uh in their isolation even if they're getting a little bit better they still need to be evaluated and i think some consideration of the echo and all these other things should be done Right. Um, and again, a little unusual for a 15-year-old to have a pretty significant reaction. And if they're going to get back to sports, uh, they may need to be looked at. Well, and it says more than 10 days after their symptoms are gone. So all their symptoms have to be resolved and then 10 more days. Yeah. That's and, a, then, I mean, and then you talk to them. And then you talk to them. <laughs> and examine them, I hope. They still do that, right? Correct. And But you're really going to be considering a lot of these cardiac MRIs. Now, if you get a kid who's over 15 and they are hospitalized, whole different ballgame. Right. And during the hospitalization, they actually recommend some type of cardiac imaging, whether it's echo, MRI, with troponins. If it's all normal, um, again, after symptom resolution, then it's at least two weeks of no exercise. So as opposed to the more moderate, which is 10 days, this is two weeks after symptom resolution if they got thrown in the hospital. Um, they do recommend um, cardiac testing if it wasn't done in the hospital, um, and then slow return. And then obviously if more symptoms develop, then they have to get the MRI. Yeah. And the question is, where are we going to be at a year from now? And of course, nobody knows. I mean, how are these people, these kids, how are they going to do? Right. And I don't think anybody really has a clue yet. I mean, but it's scary. And, you know, I was talking with my sister-in-law this morning, who's a pediatrician, and it's in what we asked on the echo was, okay, is this going to be one of those things you have to mark down on your you know, sports physicals every year, you know, you ask about any family history of sudden death, any hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or any of that cardiac stuff on the normal sports physical. But, you know, is this going to be something on there? You know, is that, did you have COVID-19 moderate or severely? And now you have to, you can't even just get the echo like you would with other family history. You're jumping to cardiac MRI. Yeah. I mean, and in one of these articles, I don't remember which one said, you know, the hard part about the cardiac MRI, one of the limitations is you have to be really good at them. It's not just you do an MRI of the heart. Like there has to, you have to be experienced in getting the cardiac MRI. So 
there's obviously going to be a lot of um, bottlenecks in trying to get that. You know, I hate to say it, but they also have proposed uh, guidelines for masters athletes. And uh, I don't. How old do you have to be to be a masters athlete? Shut up. Is it thirty five? <laughs> Greater above? than thirty five. Yeah. But they do with that. So if we're in the same group. <laughs> Barely, because they say if you're over sixty five, then you should really just <laughs> die. Call the nursing home <laughs> and get a walker. I don't know. Yeah. So if you're a masters athlete, uh, you're just basically stop exercising forever. No. <laughs> Um, it's pretty similar actually, but uh, a little more concern, especially with the severe symptoms and well, even I, and, moderate symptoms. Yeah, and there have been some, some cases I know around of, of pretty athletic people getting COVID and are really having significant problems getting back to their activities. So well, moderate symptoms, you know, I remember non-hospitalized, our, you should consider an EKG enzymes echo right away. Yeah. And then if anything's borderline, you need the MRI. I remember the ER doctor we've had talk a couple times. He uh, he said he's back running, but he said it's it just took him a long time to feel the same. So, mm-hmm. and and I bet it was a couple of months out before he said he really had it again. So isn't that crazy? It is. It's scary. It's very scary. You, you know? know, and it, you know, if I'm thinking about these high school athletes and college athletes, I mean, we both did sports in college. <laughs> I was the thrower, so it was a little bit different, but... That's not really athletic. <laughs> anyway. That's like ping pong. <laughs> nah, But anyway, you know, college athletes and high school athletes, they don't like missing anything. Yeah. You know, if you told me I couldn't have gone to one of my basketball games in high school, I would have been angry, and now you're talking weeks. I'm. You're in the weeds. Okay. So <laughs> no, let's... I guess we're going to finish up with that. So, yeah, there's a lot of new guidelines going to, to come out. I think we're going to just have to wait and see what the long term is on, especially the younger people and the heart issues, especially the ones who develop some myocarditis. I, I think what's their long term going to be. Right. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, we're going to be back doing this on Tuesday after Dr. Osterholm. You can go to mafp.org backslash COVID-19 dash echo. Yeah, and it's more universally accepted in Minnesota. I think most of us have seen uh, Dr. Ostrom on CBS and CNN and everywhere else, and he's coming on for a second time. Well, so and you know, he's now President-elect Biden's on his COVID task force. So, yeah, he was supposed to be on a while back, and Doc, and President-elect Biden stole him for that Tuesday, so he's coming back. I sent a pretty nasty letter to, to President-elect. That's, that's not true, okay, or you're going to be true. arrested by like the Secret Service. Yeah, okay, I didn't. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we'll let Battle Legs take over, and we will be back on Tuesday with not only Dr. Osterholm's summary, but also we're going to summarize Dr. Hick as well as Dr. Shacker, because when they were on last week, they talked a lot about the immunization and a lot of the stuff coming through the state. Um, and then the following week after Dr. Osterholm, we're hoping to have the... We do have... Chris Ayersman, who yes. is the head, literally the head person at MDH at for this point disease. for infectious diseases, talking about all the immunization stuff. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. Yeah, that'll so. be a great update. All right. Thanks much. Thank you.